Welcome to BG Mania, a weekly video game music podcast found right here at Level Down Games, where we explore some excellent music and talk about our experience with each game. I'm Brian, joined as always by the man who lives his life as you would a title screen. It's Frank. Hey, guys. What does that even mean? What do we think that means? What does it mean to live your life as a title screen? Always starting fresh, always Always being an infant, a child, you are kind of childish. No, it's... <laughs> what does it mean? I don't know. You're being, you're epic, you're there. Just push my button and you're ready to go. Yeah, push start and you're ready to go. It's like your coffee every morning before you go to work. Yep. For those just joining us, what we like to do here at BG Mania is challenge ourselves to never play the same track more than once, except for special occasion episodes like our anniversaries. So what's your promised, our promise to you each and every week is something new, something fresh, something exciting, and just amazing episodes. So I hope that uh, this episode will be just as amazing as some of the previous. And I think it's going to be good. But uh, before we get into it, don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us and leave that five-star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. Since BG Mania and Level Down Games is entirely self-funded as a passion project, for now, you can directly support the show and the brand through one or all of the affiliate links listed in the description of the show. Thanks in advance, if you choose to do so. So yeah, as I kind of mentioned there right before that, uh, I'm hoping this is going to be an amazing and epic episode. Because if the track that we played in with is any indication, this is going to be phenomenal. And what we're doing this week, I mentioned at the end of last week's episode, we're going to be taking a listen to a music that plays during the title screen of the games. So to qualify, the music has to be playing in the push start section, like where you where you start the game, this track has to be playing. You actually had submitted a track that technically is like a title theme or a title screen music, but the game itself stops playing the music when it says when the actual title screen starts. It was a title sequence. Yeah, so it was a title uh, sequence. So it I jumped. I jumped the gun. Yeah, so we couldn't actually count that one, but we we verified. So unfortunately, guys, unfortunately, guys, you're going to be missing out on a track from. Playboy the Mansion the game. I'm sorry. A total. I'm sorry. A, a total Frank pick. And if there ever was a Frank pick, <laughs> don't you wor- don't worry. I got plenty of Frank picks along the way. Oh yeah, no, I know. I actually have a couple as well that I think could qualify technically as Frank picks. But yeah, man. So we verified every single track on today's episode. We we've either fi- I fired up half of these games myself because I own quite a few of them and made sure that these particular pieces of music that we're playing actually do play during the title screens and for everything else that we didn't have access to we just looked on youtube so everything has been verified and the opening track that you heard was my first pick on today's episode and in my opinion it is really one of the more popular and well-known title screen themes it's literally just called theme from donkey kong country released on the super nintendo that hit here in north america on november 21st 1994 and was composed by the wonderful David Wise. What a great piece of music, dude. That's so good. And it's so iconic. It is. It's so iconic that in my head, I'm like, is this Donkey Kong Jr.? Is this original Donkey Kong? I, I trust me, I played all the Donkey Kong games. I love Donkey Kong Country, but it just the opening sequence, like when you first start it with Cranky Kong, you know, playing it. Playing the like little, the the, yeah, the little old school phone type thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, the gra- what was Gram- he's, what he's gramophone? Playing? What is it? Is it a gramophone? Gra- maybe? That's a, uh, gramophone. You're actually yeah. a gramophone. Gramophone. But when he's when he's playing it, I'm like, 
in my head, I'm thinking super retro. And then when it kicks in, I was like, wait a second. And then it's like, okay, okay, we got this. Yeah, you get them jungle beats and you get them traditional Donkey Kong stuff. And dude, it's so good. And it literally takes me right back to 94. So much so that I booted this up on the Super Nintendo Classic this past week in preparation for this episode just to play through some of the game. And what did I say? Did I say this in the classic or did I say Super Nintendo Classic? I hope I said Super Nintendo Classic. <laughs> Super Nintendo Classic. Okay. I, 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 I had a like, did I accidentally say the name of an old show we used to do? But I can't remember. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, I played through the first couple levels of Donkey Kong Country and it is just it's just as good now as it was, what, 27 years ago? It is, man. You, that's one of those. My God, it wasn't that long ago, was it? No. No, no, no. It was, no, it was 20, 25 years ago. I was going to. Wow, that game was almost 30 years old. Yeah. But still, wow. it's a, that's, a, that's a game like Super Mario Brothers well, 1, or, you know, you could just pick it up and just start playing it. Like, you just just go. Like. Oh, yeah. Any, anytime. At any time. It's just it, it, it's a it's a it's a perennial classic now. I think it's what they call those. Yeah. And I, I can just distinctly remember sitting in my bedroom. My mom and I lived in this smaller apartment and we well not we, but I would literally just stay in there all day in my room playing Super Nintendo and Donkey Kong Country is one of the games that I loaded up frequently and that and uh, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 was also heavily in my rotation at the time in this in that year. It is a good game. I think this was like late 94, early 95 when I was doing this, but it was just it's so good, man. It's so good. Such a great game and a fantastic soundtrack by David Wise that really still holds up to this day. He's still doing Donkey Kong music now. Like He did the most recent one, did he not? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He did the uh, Tropical Freeze is the one you're thinking of, right? Yeah, yeah, that was him. Yes. Yep. So for my first pick, I actually went for something that I thought that Brian would have picked. But I stole it from him. I steals it. Hmm, looking at your list, I'm wondering. Oh, OK, I know exactly where you're going. I'm just going to stick the number two on that track right now. There you go. <laughs> from Actraiser. Yep. <laughs> That's what I already put on there. <laughs> here's the title screen. Was the title theme to Actraiser? Um, this is this game came out in the North America, November 1991. This is back in the day where you don't really have dates for games. Is there actually uh, not an actual date for Actraiser? Not in North America. There's a date oh, for Japan. Okay, Europe, okay, okay. Okay. Uh, composed. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. Yuzo Kishiro. Uh, yeah, man. Actraiser is 
definitely uh, a Brian kind of game. Yeah. I mean, it's, a plat- it's a platformer in a, c- in a city building simulation game. Oh, totally, dude. Like, this is where um, the whole, like, town building type of mechanics and RPGs came from. I mean, yeah, this is more or less a platforming game, but it has some heavy RPG elements in it and is often remembered as one of the most beloved Super Nintendo games. And... You have these. Uh, and, and who's who's the main character, uh, Brian? Who do you play as in this game? Uh, the master. God. Okay. Yeah, God. The ma- <laughs> well, he's known as the master, but in the, in the English version, he's the master, and yeah. And in the Japanese version, he's God. Yeah. In the Japanese in the Japanese version, you you fight against Satan or Tanzra. Uh, or in English is the evil one. So you're, you're playing as God, going through uh, building cities and fighting monsters. How cool of an idea is that for him? Yeah, it, it's super freaking cool, man. And then a lot of studios took inspiration from that, which is how we got like town, like uh, level five is the biggest one that really took inspiration from it. We got things like, you know, Dark Cloud, White Knight Chronicles, Nino Kuni, these you know, city building elements in the RPGs and, you know, we're getting a game on Kickstarter. It was just funded a little while ago. Frank actually backed it. Uh, little wood is, is very similar to that where you yes. have these like town building mechanics inspired by this. So it, it brought on this whole type of subgenre of gaming where you have these city building in RPGs and, you know, even you look at like SimCity might've been inspired by this a little bit or, yeah. Animal Crossing to an extent, like a ton of different games. The Sims could have got their inspiration originally from ActRaiser. And, you know, to have Yuzo Koshiro's name attached to this game, which is at the front of beginning to end. The soundtrack is incredible. Yuzo Koshiro did such a fantastic job on it. And uh, this was actually developed by Quintet, who was a talented studio back in the day. And I think they went defunct in like, man, somewhere in the... 2000s or late 90s, early 2000s, because they had a strong working relationship with uh, Enix before they merged into Square Enix. And it might be fun because they also did Illusion of Gaia. It might be fun to do an episode kind of like centered around Quintet because we could dive more into ActRaiser. We could dive into Illusion of Gaia, Terranigma, which is another great game that they did. And uh, some of their more lesser known games. So that might be something we want to do because they only have like 16 games that we could like just pick a track from each or, you know, just do something like that. Like that might be a fun episode to do in the future. That's, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah, that might be something we do. But yeah, great pick from that. And it is a total me pick. I would have definitely picked that. But and I actually told this to you while we were listening to it. You had submitted your list super early this week. Uh, you had submitted your list on a Monday and you usually submit them on like a Thursday or a Friday. So I had only three of my picks chosen by the time you did yours. So I probably would have got around to Razor eventually. But because I, I saw it on your list, I didn't. I just, you know, didn't even avoid it. So, I mean, I didn't. No, no I need, did no, avoid no, it. No, 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 no need to. Yeah, exactly. I, I was able to uh, I was able to get a few other picks in. And you actually, because we had to replace one of your tracks, um, you, you had a hard time coming up with us with an eighth pick. And I told you that you could have one of mine and I would just take another one. And I want to play that one now. The one that I was trying to pass off to you, because really, this is a total Frank pick. And I was super surprised to not see this in your list when you originally submitted it. This is from the original Nintendo release of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And the track is title theme.
And that was the title theme from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which released on the NES here in North America, June 1989. No official date, as Frank just mentioned with ActRaiser. There's no date on this one. And uh, this was developed by Konami and published here in North America as Ultra Games. But it's still Konami. This is back in the day when uh, Nintendo was restrictive of how many games you could release each year, right? Yeah, so I think there was a hard limit of five games that you could put out. And the whole idea was the Nintendo seal of quality. You want to make sure these are only good games coming out, so you, oh, you'd only pick your top five. Right. But yeah, that's that's the way, the way around those shell companies. Yeah, so Konami created a couple. The most obvious one was Ultra Games, which put out this and uh, the Metal Gear on NES as well, the original Metal Gear. So, But yeah, no, this was, and I'm surprised because this is such a total Frank pick. This is such a total you pick right here, and I'm surprised it wasn't on your list. Yeah, I'm a big, I'm, I'm a big fan of this. The, the underwater level, though, that's that's some stuff, man. Ooh, it was a, it was a tough game, man. It was a tough game, and uh, it was actually composed by Jun Funahashi for the Nintendo version because there was a there were three different composers, and each composer worked on a separate version because it released on the NES. You know, DOS and uh, the Ami- uh, Atari, Amiga, and Commodore 64, which all had different composers, but the NES one was uh, Jun Funahashi. So pretty cool there. But he's also responsible for the, com- the composition of the greatest NES game to ever be made. The Adventures of Bayou Billy. Oh, Jesus. Is that, <laughs> I don't know that I would really uh, call that a, no, a great no, game. No, that is no. a horrible, horrible game. And that soundtrack isn't even that good either. We've I think we've it, listened to that one in the past and it's not good. It is a blight on the video game community. <laughs> yeah, but, it is. It is not yeah. good. Um, obviously, this is not. I. I this is a great game, but it's definitely not the most popular Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. That one's definitely Turtles in Time, right? Yes, which I believe is four, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was definitely on the Super Nintendo. And uh, I really wish they would go back and like make a and, and they did kind of do some like stuff in on like the Xbox 360. I think it was like the Xbox arcade games for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But I'd like to see something modern done now with this franchise. I think it would be cool. And I remember even making a joke about like a Telltale Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but which I would have played. But I don't yeah, want, I don't they're, like just, they're not I don't, I, anymore. I don't like the Michael Bay modern turtles. Uh, I don't like them. They have noses. Let's stop. Just stop. Well, they could make something like the in the vein of like the old style cartoons or even just like the old style games like that. That translates well now to modern culture. I, I'm down for that, man. Yeah, that any, would be any, any, any game that lets you play as my boy Donatello. We're good to go. That would be super, super fun. Um, I'm surprised they haven't done that yet. I, I would like to see that because and, and this soundtrack, again, it's another one that it's just great from start to finish. And that, that's such a catchy beat. It's such a catchy tune. It is, man. Use the models that you guys had in Injustice 2 and we're good to go. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, all right, man. What do you want to hit us with next? Uh, you know what? Let's I got something for you here. OK, uh, let me make a little rock in here from the 1995 classic. This is the title theme from Twisted Metal.
and that was the title theme from Twisted Metal. Uh, came out in the States November 5th, 1995. Uh, composed by Chuck E. Myers. Chuck E. Myers! We talked about him before. We have, because we played other songs from Twisted Metal. That's really what he's known for, to be quite honest. Uh, what episode was it? Oh, Fire and Lava Levels. You played the exactly. Volcano track. That's what it was, yep. Uh, yeah, he did the Jet Moto games as well. So he has that. Um, and he worked on Disney Infinity a little bit, but he's really, he's known for Twisted Metal. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and yeah, Twisted Metal is a game that we, we here at Mobile Games, we love Twisted Metal. We want we like good demolition derbies and... That's what this is. It's a demolition derby game with projectiles. We actually just did a video a few weeks back for our new series on YouTube called Flavor Text. Where we talked about uh, what could transition well into like the battle royale genre now that we saw Tetris 99 do it and not be an actual shooter. And Twisted Metal is one of the games that came up that would potentially be really well as a, as a battle royale. Go in and just, you know, cause chaos, destruction, havoc, mayhem. A hundred cars, a pit in the ground that keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. It's it's, it's the exact opposite of how the battle royals make it go smaller and smaller of an area. This This, one one goes bigger and bigger. (laughs) It would it would be so fun. The the whole the hole in the middle just gets bigger and bigger and sucks you in. Yeah. But I think there'd have to be like, you know, different obstacles and hazards like spikes and pits that just randomly start shooting out of that thing. That would be so fun, dude. I would play that all the time. And it just you know, Twisted Metal is such a good franchise that really has fallen off the edge of the earth, really, with, you know, just the amount of love it's gotten. And it's been neglected for the longest time at Sony. And it's surprising to me. I get the the most recent one that they tried releasing didn't do well. It didn't. But changing up the game a little bit and doing something like this would potentially breathe new life into it. And, and I think it would be so much fun because the originals are fantastic. I agree, man. These these are just they're just really fun games. I mean, that and that's really all you really want from a video game. Yeah, sure, you might want story. Sure, you might want this. These are just fun. You get a bunch of friends together and you just have fun. Yeah, and that's such a great rock and tune. Like first time we ever saw Twisted Metal, we load up the you know the disc and at a time when you know discs weren't even common for for consoles. I mean, yeah, you saw you had the Sega CD doing it, but the PlayStation really you know brought that into the forefront. And you put this in, you load up Twisted Metal, which is one of the, you know, launch window games for the PS1. And we get this rocking tune. And the whole soundtrack is, is quite rocking. I mean, if you remember the yeah, volcano, like the volcano level that we played, like the whole soundtrack really is just rocking. And it's just so well done, man. It's It was a great pick and a great tune for sure. Yeah, man. Uh, let, let's, let's get into Twisted Metal. Somebody who's listening out there who has some kind of pull. David Jaffe, I know you're listening. Make it happen. David Jaffe. He listens to the show. <laughs> let's get a new Twisted Metal, Jaffe. Come on now. <laughs> All right, let's go on and move on to my next pick on this episode, where we're taking a look at music that comes just from title screens. This happens to be one of my favorites, I think, on the episode this week, and one of my current favorite games of this particular generation, the current generation, the modern generation, the PS4, Xbox One generation from Bloodborne. This is the main menu theme.
said that was the main menu theme from Bloodborne, which is part of the Dark Souls franchise, or not really part of the Dark Souls franchise, but it is a Souls game, and now they're called Soulsborne games. But this released here in North America on the PS4, March 24th, 2015. This was a relatively early game on the on the PS4 within the first year and a half. So it was a fantastic game from From Software and Sony. Again, part, you know, just same style as Bloodborne. And this particular track was composed by Ryan Amon. And the choir that you're hearing there, like the, the voices that you're kind of hearing is the Metro Voices is the name of the choir. Says the choir master is Jenny O'Grady, so she might be the main voice you're hearing. Not 100% sure on that, just giving credit to her because she is the choir master. But yeah, the actual choir is Metro Voices. Brian, how is this game? Uh, I just looked over to my side. I have, I literally have this game still wrapped up in plastic. Play it. Stop what we stop everything we're doing and play the game. Is it really, really? Oh, I, yeah. I legit have it. It's it's on, it's on, it's on my list of my, my Wait a second. Shuffle, you've right? been you've been bitching. You haven't played any of the Dark Souls games, and you I own Bloodborne. I, I have it. It's literally right there. I can see it from, from where I'm sitting. What is wrong with you? I have a problem. We know that. I told you I had Fallout. This is the best one. Fallout 3 sat on my shelf when I came out, yeah. and I'm a big Fallout fan, for like five or six months. I've had, I don't know how long I've had this for. This is by far the best Soulsborne game uh, with, that, with that formula, because huh. it's a bit faster. It's a bit more action-y. Like things just, you know, Dark Souls is more slow. It's more, you know, methodical because you have to be, you know, you have to to use your shield and you have to perfect the way that you parry and dodge. And in Bloodborne, you are dodging and parrying, but you're doing so by rolling around like a maniac at times. And like, it, it's just, it's a oh, quicker, way I like to play. yeah, it's a quicker type of, uh, of an experience, but it is still slower than anything else out there. Like it's, st- it's faster than Dark Souls and, you know, the Dark Souls trilogy and Dark Souls three kind of borrowed a lot of elements from Bloodborne. So it, it's faster than Dark Souls one and two, maybe around the same speed as three, but it's slower than every other game in this type of a genre, just because they are meant to be that way. They are meant to punish you for rushing. You cannot rush. You have to. But, but Brian, <laughs> <laughs> you have to separate enemies. You have to, you know, you have to do what you can to take them out one by one, because if you start fighting three at most at a time, you're screwed. You're done. You're going to die and you're going to get set back to the to the uh, to the bo- like the bonfire that uh, where they, they were lanterns, I think, in this one. Um, but you're going to get sent back to that and you're going to lose your souls and you got to go back and get them again. But yeah, dude, you need to play this this week. Like this should be, are you playing DMC five this week? No, then you should be this playing Bloodborne. This is, this is literally sitting on my copy of the last guardian. Just showing you how, uh, yeah, how which, is another, which is another game that you need to play, <laughs> which, which I've opened the plastic for whatever pop into my PS4. It's not bad. Yeah. Ju- just like Detroit become human. Just like Red Dead Redemption I've, two. I've, I've, I've at least played an hour or so of those. These ones have yet to actually uncharted Four, uncharted, the lost legacy. Uh, okay. So I don't, I don't finish a lot of games. I'm Horizon sorry. zero dawn. I'm just looking at my list of games. <laughs> Near Automata. Okay, that one I regretfully haven't tried yet, but I've heard nothing but good things. Haven't even bought uh, it yet. Haven't even purchased it yet. No, but, no. dude, so no, what's no, cool, you're, what's you're, cool you're about this? And you're, and I, I, maybe, and as long as you send it back, but, uh, never. <laughs> remember, I will pay $1,000 for it, but I will not send it to you and pay you $1,000 from my copy of the game back. Exactly. <laughs> um, what's super cool about this is it, it's very, it's a gothic game, dude. It's, it's dark. It's medieval. It's gothic. And that opening screen with this title music playing 
sets the tone perfectly for the rest of the game. Like it is just so good. I love that'll be my game this week for sure. Yeah, check it. Check it out. It's it. You could probably you may be able to get through it in a week, maybe two weeks max, just judging how little time you have to play games sometimes. But still. And yeah, and you know how I play. But if you get sucked in, I can see you finishing this in a couple of days, like just coming home and playing it after work because it is that good. We'll find out. Uh, but speaking of dark and evil, that's a very, very good transition there, Brian. I'm going to play you a track here from a game based off something that is dark and evil and doesn't actually exist. Okay. From the PSP game, Dragon Ball Evolution. This is the title track, made in you, whatever you want to call it. the title theme from Dragon Ball Evolution based on a movie that doesn't exist. Wait, uh, I thought the movie does exist. No, please. I, I, I still want to purge the fact that this movie exists from my mind. Uh, I think you own this movie. I thought you said it was like your favorite movie of all time. No, what really stings, what really burns is I love the original Dragon Ball cartoon. Uh, and, this, and this game came out April 8, 2009. Um, I love the Dragon Ball cartoon and this was a loose interpretation of that. I mean, he went from being a child to being a high schooler, very moody and badly acted. Uh, the only cool thing about it was that uh, James Marsters, the guy who plays Spike from Buffy the Empire Star, okay. played played uh, Demon King Piccolo. Uh, but this game itself is uh, it's a Budokai game, so it's a fighting Dragon Ball game with the characters from the movie. So I uh, think of the Street Fighter, the movie, the game. Okay. Uh, so oh, just just terrible. Just absolutely horrible. But I, I picked I pick this, pick this for a reason. Just to show that a bad video game, hell, one bad, on a bad premise in general, could still have a great uh, song. And we, we mentioned that a lot during other episodes. Like, this song is too good for the game. Or this, this song is better than the game should Absolute, be. But, absolutely, yes. Um, and you're going to see, I picked a few stinkers along the way, but I picked them because they had really good title tracks. Right. Uh, so... Those, those are those are your total Frank picks. I picked some good songs as well, but I mean, some good games as well. But yeah, uh, 
like I said, this, this song is way better than the the game deserved. Uh, there's little bits in there where they actually do like a techno-y kind of call back to the original Dragon Ball song uh, that played in between like uh, sets, like when they come back from commercial. Yeah. That little thing right there. So it's pretty cool. Did you actually own this game? I did not own this game. Uh, this is pretty late in the PSP's life cycle, too. This is 09. Oh, wow. Okay. And the, the Vita was just a couple years off at that point then. I, I, in fact, I couldn't even find straight up composers for this game, I, but I watched the closing title sequence of this game because I wanted to do my research. Okay, I, I, I'm a man of research when it comes to these things. Uh, listed as the back as the BGM, they didn't call them background music guys. It's just, it's just a BGM. We have Taro Nagato, Koichi Fukimoto, and Shisuke Ikeda. I'm sure they've all committed uh, Harukiri after making a game like this. Well, they didn't make it. They just made the music. So as we said, yeah, you, so. Can, <laughs> you could actually, uh, you know, have great composers and that kind of stuff behind a a game that is not necessarily good. You are you are cashing a paycheck on, on a horrible thing. Now, uh, good song, but oh, my God, I I don't envy anybody who owns this game. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, how about we move on to a game that is excellent? Please. Yeah. You can only go up from right where I brought you. Absolutely. Let's move on to a game that's excellent and a track that's also excellent. Now, I will say you are not a huge fan of this particular uh, segment of games in this franchise, but you are a big fan of the franchise in general. From Metroid Prime, this is the title screen. <laughs> was the title screen from Metroid Prime, the original Metroid Prime released on the Nintendo GameCube here in North America, November 17th, 2002. And that particular track was composed by Kenji Yamamoto. 
one of the fantastic like, like, like he's ever done anything famous like one of well one of the fantastic metroid composers let alone one of the greatest nintendo composers that they've had uh man he does some great things uh, and really focuses heavily on the metroid franchise but yeah ever since super metroid but you know he also did mike tyson's punch out and a bunch of other things for for nintendo and and still does to this day like just last year he worked on uh sound support for sushi striker the way of sushido uh, it looks like his last actual composition was 2010 donkey kong country returns he worked on a few things for that that was like the last thing he actually submitted new tracks to now he just he moved into that role where he's more like of a supervisor and that kind of stuff which... he's, he's mr metroid he's made his bones he can oh, do whatever absolutely he absolutely now. absolutely a lot of these guys tend to you know, as they get later in their careers, they move into more supervisory roles and, and not really do hands on anymore with actually making the music. But yeah, dude, he like you said, he is very much Mr. Metroid and it's such an awesome thing. And I know you're more of a fan of the side scrolling like Metroidvania type uh, Metroids, but I am much more of a prime fan like Metroid Prime, Prime 2 Echoes and 3. Uh, I'm super sad and that we, you know, just found out that Metroid Prime 4 was indefinitely delayed because they took it away from Bandai Namco and put it back to Retro. Well, I'm excited that Retro has the helm again and the reins, but it means we're not going to see this game for another three or four years now. So that sucks. But because I was really looking forward to it, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the series, but great games, great music. Dude, that's eerie. Like, it's good, but it's eerie. And Metroid Prime, it has an eerie vibe to it throughout. It does. And you get that kind of like with the tuning of the sound, like the tuning of the radio, like at least that's what I think that is in the track. Uh, it, that like interference or whatever, like maybe from the alien life, it's it's good. It's it's not good. It's great. That's a great track. I think it really is a great track. Uh, at first, I was like, "Hey, what's, what's all this noise?" It's the it's the radio. It's yeah, so it's, good. It's actually the it's actually built into the track. And dude, just so many hours spent playing this game. So many hours spent. Like, and I've listened. We have played a few things from from the Metroid Prime games on the show in the past. I don't think we've played enough, but we played a few. And I know we played some other Metroid stuff as well, but there really is an untapped treasure trove of music in, in the Metroid franchise in general that we got to get to at some point. And we will. I'm sure we will. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will. We actually try. We actually got a request for to do an episode on the Sonic games. Um, it, one of our one of our many UK listeners actually wrote us in and wanted us to do an episode on that. And we actually tried to find a title track just from Sonic. I, I, was, I, was, I was gonna say that they're just all so short. The, the thing was over 20, 25 seconds long. Yeah, yeah. Martin over in the UK sent us a request and asked us to do Sonic games. And we do have, we have that penciled in over the next, uh, I think it's not this month, but maybe next month or early the month after we penciled in, we fit it into the schedule. We're gonna be taking a look at the uh, Genesis and Game Gear Sonic games. So that'll be fun to do. But yeah, we tried to find a title screen to like announce that we got that email and we couldn't. So I just, stuck it here because it, I don't know, made sense. <laughs> Why not? Sonic and Metroid are so closely related, right? Well, they both have characters who roll up into balls, so... And they, and they both are in Smash. <laughs> That's also a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Uh, so for my next track, I want to take you all the way back. This may be a bit of a reach from Halo. Combat Evolved, this is the main menu.
And that was the main menu from Halo Combat Evolved. Came out in America November 15th, 2001. Actually, you know what? It came out worldwide November 25th. 15th, 2001. Yeah, Microsoft's been pretty good about releasing their games everywhere at the same day whenever they do have, like, big releases like this. Dude, this was the game. This is the one that friggin' sparked it all. Uh, everybody well, was playing Halo. This was composed, composed. by, um, yeah, who, who, oh, man. Go ahead. Mike, Michael Salvatore. That's who it is. I, and, like, I knew it was on and, the tip of my tongue. And Martin O'Donnell. Yeah. They, they are the, they're the, the, the team who does. Yep. They're the, they're the bungee crew, dude. They, they're the team that works on Destiny now. Like that's just who yes, they are. Yes. Yeah. So it's and they're awesome. And this is so this so iconic to the point that I was like, Brian, we haven't played this yet. Um, nope. We just played the Mjolnir mix from Halo Two on the anniversary episode last year. Like we've really been neglecting Halo music. We've been neglecting a, a lot cry, of things. It's a, it's a crying shame. I mean, we have that. We have Oni. We should definitely go back to those games and, and play some music from them. Uh, but this song in particular. And it's, it's a guilty pleasure of mine. I mentioned to Brian, I go, hey, you ever see the YouTube videos of people just walking through empty buildings and just like singing the Halo song? It's, it's so, so good. Great. It's so and good. It's something I've done in places where there's good acoustics and I had to stop sort of like people around and I was like an idiot. There's a uh, there's an amuse- there's a theme park in Ohio up in Sandusky, Cedar Point, And at Halloween time, they have Halloween weekends. One of the tracks they actually play during Halloween weekends when you're walking around the the park is the the halo theme like the the chanting and the vocals it's actually really cool it's and it sounds spooky when you're in, surrounded by like halloween stuff and haunted houses but really isn't a spooky track but it, it, it has that vibe to it when it's surrounded by other things yeah, this, is, this is a good track and these, and these guys they're just great i mean a, a, a couple a couple of hard-working italian boys <laughs> <laughs> unlike yourself well, at least Salvatore is. Oh, Donald, he might be one of the Irish. He might be one of them there, Irish. Yeah, no. Happy, happy, happy St. Patty's Day, everyone. Yeah, that's Friday. No, sun, uh, Sunday, 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 the 17th. Sunday, Sunday. But man, the amount of time I sunk into the original Halo, the, the Halo series in general, sure. but the original Halo, oh my God. If I had that time back, well. Be a lot younger. I'd be a lot younger and probably not as happy because this game just brings me joy. And uh, I can't wait for the next one, to be honest. Yeah, Halo Infinite. Or, is that what it's called? Is it Infinite? Yeah, it's infinite. Yeah. Yeah. And it should be good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's probably a launch title for the next generation of Xbox. So it'll be it'll be pretty interesting. Hopefully we can jump into that immediately. As long as they don't call it Halo Immortal and put it on a phone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you have a phone. Look at this. I got the new Galaxy S10 Plus. I can, I'm set to go. You can't see it because the camera's off, but I am set to go for when hey, uh, Diablo Immortal comes um, out, dude. I'm actually looking to get the, that phone uh, next week. So uh... the, the S10 Plus. Yeah. Phenomenal. It's great. We Jessica and I both got one. We pre-ordered it so that we got him a few days early. And uh, yeah, dude, I highly recommend this one. It was great. Really enjoy it. Yeah, I'm still I'm still on the S6. So that's a little, oh, it's Jesus, <laughs> that's four years old, <laughs> if not more than that. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Time to upgrade, dude. Time to upgrade. Oh, I'm ready. And My body is ready. Yeah, well, your body is Reggie, who is no longer the president of Nintendo. Sadly. Uh, Damn you, Douglas. Speaking. <laughs> of Nintendo. Let's go to another oh, Nintendo man. game. We'll go from Metro, you know, my last pick, Metroid, and we'll hit another Nintendo exclusive game here. This one released on the Wii and is my favorite title screen of all time. It's not my favorite title screened track of all time, even though this is a beautiful piece of music and it's great, but it's my favorite title screen of all time. From Xenoblade Chronicles, this is the title screen.
And that was the title screen from Xenoblade Chronicles, which, as I mentioned, this released on the Nintendo Wii, and it was also ported to the uh, new Nintendo 3DS. Uh, North America's release date was April 6, 2012. We got it uh, later than anyone else. Uh, came out two years prior in Japan and then the year before in Europe and Australia. So, yeah, North America was the last territory to see this come out. And as I mentioned, this is one of my favorite title screens of all time. Now, before we get to, to why we should talk about who the composer was, then to me, that composer just is so obvious. Uh, it sounds so much like some of her other previous work that she's done, most particularly uh, Dearly Beloved from Kingdom Hearts. It kind of has that same style and same elements and just it, it, you could tell that they, you know, she, she borrowed from that, I think, obviously both of those tracks playing during title screens and just an, a fantastic piece of music. I'm obviously talking about the goddess, one of my favorite composers of all time, Yoko Shimomura, who, again, every time I talk about her, I always say this, who can do no wrong, dude. Literally everything she composes is is just pure gold. Everything is great. But the reason why that title track is so good and, and title screen, I should say, not title track, even though the title track is phenomenal. But the title screen, you have the Monado sitting there buried in the grass. And that's the sword in the game. But it's sitting there buried in the grass and you just have like clouds drifting by in the sky and you can tell the wind is blowing and the grass is moving and it shifts from day to twilight to night and dude it is seriously the most beautifully well done title screen I've ever seen in my life and it's one of those title screens where I can see that and just immediately get like teary eyed because of how emotional just that makes me alone and then you have the music playing in there, which is it, an emotional track. It doesn't make me cry. It wasn't part of our emotional episode, but it's just so well done. And that's like one of the only title screens I know of that can elicit those types of feelings. And I'm not alone in this. I looked and I researched it and everyone's like, dude, this title screen alone is enough to make me cry. Like, I'm not the only person that thinks that. So just to have that type of power from a title screen where you push start to play the game is pretty impressive. Well done to Nintendo, well done to Monolith, and well done to Yoko Shimomura. Special nomination for Mario Paint. No, um, As title screen? Like the best title screen of all time? Yeah. Why? Very interactive. Very, interactive, very fun. Okay. <laughs> no, so uh, again, this is one of those picks where the game is just no good. The source... Not as good. But the, per the, song, the person that picked it, not as good. Well, the, the person that picked it is the number one uh, host of the show. <laughs> From the Super Nintendo version of Cool World, this is the title.
And that was the main theme, uh, or title theme of Cool World for the Super Nintendo. Came out February 1993. Uh, this game was based upon a movie of the same name, starring Brad Pitt, King Kim Basinger. Uh, basic premise of this thing, and this is, this is how they sold this to the, to the studio. They sold this movie with uh, a live-action human being uh, doing the hibbity-dibbity with, with a cartoon and conceiving a hybrid child who visits the real world to murder her father. And that's the premise of this game as well. It's a very crazy, crazy, crazy thing. This, but this movie uh, it was the first time in oh, quite a while that David Bowie actually came out and made original music. Did he compose this? No. Oh, okay. He made this song real, he made this song real cool world. <laughs> Now, this right here that you heard, composed by Dean Evans and Keith Timmon, not even close to that, because David Bowie didn't want his music associated with this horrible game. Well, David Bowie has actually like contributed to game soundtracks in the past. Yes. But not this game. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, the, the soundtrack for the game and the movie both uh, were rated higher than their respective mediums. Now, what year was it this movie come out? 93. Did Brad Pitt have long hair? I'm sorry, the, game, I'm sorry, the movie came out in 92. Did Brad Pitt uh, have long hair it, at the time? It is short, it is short, it is short hair. Okay, because I knew he start, I knew right around that time he started growing it, because then like you, you get into like the Legend of the Fall era, the interview with the vampire where he has like super long hair. I just didn't know if he already had it at that point or not. It was one of those movies that cost $30 million to make, made $14 million back, so, you know. Uh, at but least, at least guys, it made that much. Could have made significantly less if it's that bad. But uh, Dean Evans and Keith Tittman, they're just in-house at Ocean, so they're just the, the guys who do all the music for Ocean, and Ocean just made some real stinkers of games, but... Leave it to Frank to pick the stinkers. I, I, I get it. Another time where the song eclipsed it, uh, these guys also... No, it's a great track. Little... It's definitely a great track, but still. Uh, these guys also worked with... Uh, the, the, the greatest studio in Brian's mind, Data East. So, uh... Yeah, how about that, huh? Hmm. Maybe a little. Uh, yeah, but but, but 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 Ocean was just big for doing maybe a little like foreshadowing games. there, huh? Oh yeah, but yeah, they did like the Adams Family games, the Batman games, Hulk, all, all these like licensed games that came out in like the early nineties. Okay, that was that 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 was Ocean. They also did WWF WrestleMania. So, all right, again, they actually again they actually don't hate. But uh, yeah, I, I don't hate it either. But I think that's just because we are looking at it through rose-colored glasses. Go look up, go play that game now. Not any good. It's, oh, absolutely not. It's not good. <laughs> uh, all right, man, let's move on to something that I greatly, greatly enjoy. It's also from this current modern generation of consoles and platforms uh, and happens to be another Sony exclusive from Gravity Rush 2. This is the title menu.
And that was the title menu from Gravity Rush 2, which released on the PlayStation 4 here in North America, January 20th, 2017. I actually got this for my birthday that year. Jessica bought it for me. Uh, my birthday is four days later, so it was one of my presents that year. And such a great freaking franchise, man. And I kick myself every time I remember about Gravity Rush 2 because I've never finished it. I want to go back and replay Gravity Rush 1 and then play through Gravity Rush 2 again because they are they are great games and composed by someone that is very familiar with anime type stuff. Mr. Kohei Tanaka, who is the composer behind such animes as One Piece, Sakura Wars, Gunbuster. We've talked about him before because we've actually played a track from Gravity Rush 1 in the past. And now I'm actually playing something from Gravity Rush 2, obviously. But his most recent game actually releases on Friday here in North America. One Piece World Seeker. He did the soundtrack to that one as well. Which I definitely want to check out. <laughs> Which, yes, Frank and I will be playing because it looks phenomenal. Uh, really, really, really looking forward to that. This, again, it's such a great series. It's such a great game. And it really has like this Spanish flavor to it. You know what I mean? Like it's like sp spiced in there a little bit. Or They, or, they, 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 call, they call that adobo. Like I, like I mentioned last week, dude, we're spicing things up. Things are getting too spicy for the kitchen. We're spicing it up, dude. We're we're throwing in we're throwing in the uh, the mariachi. Doesn't even it's not probably not a mariachi, but it kind of sounds like it. that's what I mean. Like we're just getting all these different feels and flavors and inspirations and traditions. Dude, it's such a good track for a game that has nothing to do with any of that, but it were <laughs> it surprisingly works well. And the entire soundtrack from top to bottom, front to back, side to side for both Gravity Rush and Gravity Rush 2 are excellent. We will do a spotlight on Gravity Rush in the future where we play music from just the franchise because it really deserves it. But for now, just have a little bit of a tease of that because it is well done. And uh, man, just really looking forward to One Piece on Friday. I hope it I hope it turns out good. I hope it really turns out good. I can't see it being a horrible game. I mean, it's One Piece. Yeah, well, they've made some bad games in the past. Brian, I'm trying to be the optimist. You know that. <laughs> uh... I'm going to slight departure from what I did before. How about a great song from a great video, from, from, from a great movie with a horrible video game? Uh, what is it with you? This is the title theme from Three Ninjas Kickback from the Sega Genesis.
was the main theme, title theme, of Three Ninjas Kickback for the Sega Genesis. The game came out June 1st, 1994, based on the movie of the same name, The Continuing Adventures of Rocky Tum Tum and Colt. Tum Tum? You don't remember these movies? I do, man. I never was a fan of them. I was going to say, these are the movies you either loved them or hated them. Yeah, like, I'm in the camp. I'm in the camp of hate. There really was no in-between. Um, at the time, and Jeff was saying, I was taking Taekwondo. So all these kinds of movies were just great. Uh, my sisters took Taekwondo as well, so we, we love these movies. We don't take Taekwondo. Uh, I'm a black belt. I legit have a black belt. Like one. Just because you put I'm a black, black, just because you put a black belt on your jeans to hold your pants up every day doesn't mean you're a black belt. That's uh, uh, I haven't practiced. <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't practiced in some years, but yeah, I, I do have a black belt. Uh, in fact, this is the sequel to the original Three Ninjas. It spawned two more movies, with the final one. Being three ninjas high noon at Mega Mountain, starring one Mr. Hulk Hogan. What you gonna do, brother? Okay, well, they're gonna kick and fight and fight their way around the world. Uh, Were these games actually, good? I didn't play them. The game was good. The movie was good if you like these kinds of movies. Nope. Uh, I, I think about the movie. The, the game sucked. The, the, the movie was alright. I just looked it up because I was like, I can't be the only one who loves this movie. I'm the only one who loves this movie because these games will. These movies all hold rotten uh, ratings, <laughs> tomatoes, but it has a it has a cult following, so that's the whole thing. So you're in a cult, is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I thought you knew that. The cult yeah. of the cult of three ninjas. We're a cult of personality. <laughs> Look in my eye. What do you see? Kids <laughs> come back, save us all. Um. But yeah, yeah, the, the game wasn't, really wasn't that great. It wasn't bad, but uh, again, I like this track. It's it, it was, it's very fitting. I just I again, I'm looking through nostalgic uh, views here. Yeah, this, this is such a happy time in my life. 1994, 12 years old. I was the king of the world. I think I was a I think I was a red belt at the time. Got my ass kicked in a karate tournament, but I met Chuck Norris. And he's a very nice guy. Very very nice guy. He, he's, he's not is he the one that me. kicked your ass? Hopefully. No, oh, um, damn. They, they did it by height, and I was always a tall kid, and some black belt kid just wrecked my world. Just <laughs> was not was not even fair. My, my sister Nicole, who I've mentioned on thousands of episodes so far, uh, actually took second place in the tournament. Oh, nice! So, so she's better than you. For her height, she was better than me. Me, I got I got my world rocked. She could probably take you now. Let's be honest. I say break it. Yeah. Should we have a should we have a taekwondo tournament and host it on leveldowngames.com? It, it'll 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 be your whole family, <laughs> the ultimate champion. I would like to think I could hold my own, but my body's probably gonna fail on me, and I'll be in the corner crying. Perfect content, dude. We need to get that on film. Yeah, you, you would like that, you sick bastard. Now, the reason that we played the Genesis version is because it is much better than the Super Nintendo version, correct? Yes, the Super Nintendo version is almost the same song, but it just. The Genesis did more with the, uh, the soundtrack. And I, and I did listen to it a little bit on the Super Nintendo just to kind of, you know, see for comparison's sake. And yeah, you're right. The Genesis version is quite a bit better. Um, I, I, I'm not even going to like kid. I, I don't know anything about this game. I mean, I, I know about the movie, but I never played the game and I've never listened to anything on the soundtrack. So I don't know if the rest of the soundtrack is because that's a good track. It's not a it's not a, you know, fantastic track, but it's still a good track. And I'm wondering if the rest of the soundtrack is good or if it, you know, just falls kind of flat after that. I don't know. Uh, I, I've never beaten this game, so I couldn't tell you. Uh, this is one of the ones that uh, we rented as kids. Gotcha. You, know, you rent this, you rent uh, the movie, you know, it's, it's a little three inches fest. Did you say who composed it? 
I totally did not. Um, it was Mr. Jason Page, Jason who Page. actually, who actually composed some pretty good stuff. He's uh, super off road and cool border still. Didn't uh, I, th- I thought uh, Tim Fallen also did super off road? Um, well, they Wait. probably have tracks together. I wonder if I wonder if he did the. Did, was there a Genesis version of super off road? Mm, I don't know. Now, now you'll be questioning my own reality. Question the visions of reality. Wasn't that a twisted song? My. My envisions of re no, or was it ICP? Something about I don't know. visions. I, 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 I have not, nor have I ever been a, a juggle. Okay, let's not let's not kid ourselves, Frank. In, in this revisionist history, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I have never been down with a clown. Whoop whoop. Um, even <laughs> uh, the uh, Sega Master System version. You're right. Okay, Absolutely. so so it was Tim Fallon that did the uh, Super Nintendo version, right? There you go. See, I like it. Brian knows his stuff. Yeah, that's why when you said Super Offered, I was like, wait a second. I, I just, I knew that was Tim Fallen. So. Uh, yeah, shout out to me because I'm so awesome. This is why we don't give you compliments. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to another beautiful title track from Ori and the Blind Forest. This is the main theme.
And that was the main theme from Ori and the Blind Forest, one of the greatest Xbox exclusives this generation, even though it is on PC. Still, it is an Xbox exclusive Microsoft game. Uh, released March 11th, 2015, composed by Gareth Coker, who we've talked about a little bit in the past because we've played a few things from Ori here on the show. Uh, still looking forward to Will of the Wisps, the sequel to The Blind Forest, when it comes out this year, hopefully. They haven't released a actual, like, a, they announced a release date yet, but my God, am I counting down the days for that, dude. Ori and the Blind Forest is literally stellar. Uh, cannot believe you haven't played this game yet. The little humming vocals that you hear there were done by Irelie Brighton, and it was all done by the Nashville Music Scoring Orchestra. That is gorgeous dude it that really is, is man. so well done that's the kind of song where when i do eventually play this game i'm just gonna end up sitting there and just listening to it for a while like it's just oh gonna... yeah 100 percent and like i said i am so surprised and i think i've even mentioned this when we played the game or played tracks from the game before but you being such a big fan of like the side-scrolling metroids and having that metroidvania aspect to it that's just that's what this is dude it's pure that it's pure that design and it just it, the visuals are breathtaking. Like it is just insane. It's insane. It's, I don't even know how to say it. It's just insane. No, nah, you know I'm gonna get around to it. Just you know, there's so many games that I don't play. Yeah, there's so many games that you don't play. What is wrong with you? There's only so much time in the day. Okay, and there's plenty of time. time. You, you sleep, you eat, and you work. Don't come home and go to bed right away. All those things need to happen to be successful. You know, if you don't sleep, don't you come die. home and go to you sleep. <laughs> don't come home and go to sleep right away. Well, I'm sorry that I work so hard at a job that just crushes my soul. Thank you guys so much for the gameful employment. I love you all. Yeah, sitting there in a chair all day, talking on the phone, living life, you know, probably messing around, having fun. You come home. I, I have no fun at work. How dare you? <laughs> it's kind of fun sometimes. <laughs> I will get around to Ori eventually. Uh, on the PC, of course, because I don't have an Xbox. Of course, yeah, and it's, it's I mean, it, it's just as good on PC. That's where I played it, so. I, I will absolutely get it on I think I'm going to play this. I think I'm going to play through it again this year. I think I want to play through it again before, like, when they finally announced when Will of the Wisp was coming out. Probably, probably the best thing to do, just kind of keep yourself fresh. Yeah, and, I, I think I might play it again this year. And really, we are, if you listen to the Max Level podcast, we are trying to do this uh, game challenge for 2019, where Frank's trying to finish 52 games, one per week. And I'm trying to do 100, but really it's 104 because I'm aiming for two a week. But I've, I've really been successful doing like almost three a week so since we started doing this and, you know, play it to completion. And uh, the more games I can add, the better. But I'm also I'm doing pretty well at shipping out the backlog, dude. Like my games are under 140 for the first time in a long ass time. <laughs> so uh, just, you know, adding more games to that is never a bad thing because that's just more games to put on the list once we finish them. Absolutely, man. Let's see if you if Brian can hit 365 games a year. Well, you know, I was thinking, like, I wonder what the most games ever completed was in one year. If it was like in the hundreds, I would consider going for the record because I could potentially do it. But I don't think I'm going to. I think I'll, I'll probably cap out somewhere around 120. I think it was going to work. My final no, number well, going to well, be Brian, at. You know, instead of eating or sleeping, you know, you could just play more games. You're right. I could. I could. You're right. Sure. Shut up, Ryan. Shut up. Because I have the ability to do so. We all do. Yeah, Brian. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even want to say what I was going to say. I don't, I don't even know how to how to preach this one here. This next song is brought to you by one of me and Brian's favorite things. Uh, snack food? Snack food. Yeah, snack food. <laughs> uh, 
from Chester Cheetah, Wild Wild West, on the Genesis. It's, this it's, is the it's Wild Wild Quest, isn't it? Not West. Did I just say Wild Wild West? Yeah. I the whole thing better now. Wild Wild Quest. <laughs> I totally just, it's, that's the way it's supposed to be. Just run uh, with it. Just run with it. No. It's a, title theme. it's a title theme. Wild Wild Quest, on the Genesis, this is the title theme. That is Chester Cheetah, Wild Wild Quest. Uh, that was the Genesis version. Uh, came out in 1993. It was another one of those times. Again, don't have the exact date. Uh, composed by the Kaneko Sound Team. Couldn't find a specific person. Okay. Uh, I guess nobody wanted to put their uh, stamp of approval on this one. This <laughs> game is actually not a bad game. This is composed uh, by Parts Unknown. <laughs> it's a sequel to Chester Cheetah, Too Cool to Fool. Jesus. Yeah, so uh, it, this is back, you know, a lot of these characters, uh, these advertising characters had video games. There was Cool Spot, the 7-Up seven, the seven game. There was uh, McKids with Ronald McDonald and uh, Pepsi Man for Sega CD, I believe. Like, all, like, everyone had their own thing. Even the more modern past that, you had the Burger King games, like Pocket Bike Racer and stuff, and Sneaking. God, I know a lot of uh, product-based video games off the top of my head. That's pretty bad. You sure do. You sure do, Mr. Walking, Talking, Billboard, Advertisement, Snack-Eating, Monster. Well, they're not a sponsor <laughs> yet, but uh, <laughs> the, the, the feel I get from the song is Bubsy. Yeah, uh, which is I can also, hear that. I can hear that. Which is which is another game about a big anthropomorphic cat. So it's actually kind of cool the way that worked out. Uh, if you haven't played this before, I recommend if you can find it, if you can hunt down a copy of it, not a bad game. Is it expensive, though? Because it was kind of, was it rare back then? It probably would be expensive. Uh, very highly rated, too. I just checking, just pulling up ratings as I'm going through. Uh, 4.75, 4 out of 5. Out of 10? Uh, out of 10. <laughs> Uh, I've seen I'm seeing the Super Nintendo version go for fourteen bucks. I'm seeing the fully boxed eighty bucks. So, so it's, it's not, it's not fourteen dollars for a used copy. That's not bad. That's not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. I think you should get this game, Brian. In fact, maybe I will send you a copy as yeah. a present. Yeah, send me a copy and I'll uh, maybe play through it at some point. We, we, we can add that to our, our game challenge. Yeah, playing through uh, Chester Cheetah Wild Wild Quest. Uh uh, Wild Wild Quest. Yeah. Uh uh. All right, Brian. 
Now, that was a gift to you, because now whatever you play can only be from... Please stop. Now whatever you play can only be from something more well-known. Uh-uh. Yeah, dude. Uh, we're going to go to a Wii U game, a semi-recent game, and this particular franchise has a new game coming out at the end of the month, so it actually works out perfectly. From Yoshi's Woolly World, this is the title screen. was the title screen from Yoshi's Wooly World, which again, this released here in North America on the Wii U, October 16th, 2015. It would eventually see release on the 3DS as well, uh, February 3rd, 2017, so about a year and a half later. A uh, couple different composers on this track, and I wasn't able to find who exactly did this one. Uh, we have Tomoya Tomita, Misaki Asada, and Kazumi Tataka. So of those three, I'm not sure exactly who composed this particular track because the actual breakdown doesn't exist anywhere. So we'll give blanket credit to all three of them. Uh, developed by Goodfeel and published by Nintendo, of course. The Yoshi games, dude, always are simplistic, but they're so much fun to play. Like, they really are like entry-level games. And they don't hide that, but they have beautiful different takes on their you know graphic style like we have yarn yoshi on the wii u coming up later this year with uh, crafted world we have cardboard yoshi like they do these different styles these different things these different aesthetics and they have great freaking soundtracks the soundtrack for yoshi's woolly world is one of the strongest wii u soundtracks to release it is phenomenal dude have they done a clay uh, version yet no but they probably will 
that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, they seem to do something different with Yoshi every single time. So I can I could definitely see Clay. Um, I think that if if the Crafted World soundtrack is just as strong as the Wooly World one was, we may be looking at an episode on that game in the future. Just because, like I said, the soundtracks are just so freaking good. And they're so strong, dude. They really are. That was an awesome song. Uh, I've actually missed out on playing this game, so... Uh... Yeah, which is crazy to me, which is crazy, because really, you had two chances on the Wii U and the 3DS, and you, you get that track there, and you have this, you know, this picking of the acoustic guitar, and everything is just melodic and soothing, and it, it really, dude, it does just... It's calming. It's meant to be calming, and it 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 calms. It, it does. It really does do that, so I don't know. It, it's It's a fantastic track. From a fantastic game, and I'm really looking forward to uh, the new one later this month. That game also looks phenomenal. Um, but yeah, Agreed. I say we close out. Str- I played I the demo. Strong brand. Okay, I played the demo of the uh, Crafted World. It's up on our YouTube channel. Check it out. And that is uh, YouTube.com/backslash/leveldowngames. It is. It is. It is. Hey, it is. I know. I know things. Subscribe when you get there, please. And make sure you hit the bell so you get notified of every new thing we do. Bing. Yeah, but I, I say we close out strong. Um, so. I went to a 3DS game here. I ended up picking the title. You from picked King from Yoshi's Woolly World 2? That's not, that's not even a real game. No, but 2 as in T-O-O. Oh, I get you. Ha 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 ha, you're hilarious. Um, no, a game that came with one of the coolest Nintendo peripherals ever, ever a 3DS stand. Uh, Kid Icarus Uprising. The Vitality Sensor. Oh, man. Um, composed from Motoy Sakuraba. Yeah, getting some Sakuraba on here. This game came out March 23rd, 2012. Uh, very much not the Kid Icarus game I wanted. Me being a, a really big fan of Kid Icarus 2 uh, on the, uh, the original Game Boy. But not a bad game. Very on rail. Mm-hmm. Uh, relied very heavily on the touchscreen, more so than I wanted, which is where games like Spirit Tracks also kind of uh, struggled. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what a rendition of the original title screen from Kid Icarus. Just, it's amazing. It is a good track, dude. It's, it's really strong from, and, and the game itself is really good as well. Uh, but yeah, Sakuraba, man, he does some great things. Matoy Sakuraba, he does some great things. And it's so cool that he attaches his name now to, you know, so many different freaking platforms not and not even just platforms but franchises and ips like the dude is everywhere and he deserves it because he's really good he's a great composer and i like that you're closing out the episode with the track called opening this is the way to go right it's the op- <laughs> it's the opening of the closing of the episode i guess but yeah man it, this, another just great pick and really the entire episode today we had some phenomenal music i think this really ended up being a very strong show what do you think you know what, Brian? How about when we pencil this in this time next year, we do closing tracks as an entire episode. Uh, I actually have that in. Do I have it for this year? Let me look. No, I don't. But uh, I, say we, I say we aim for around this time next year and do closing tracks. I think it'd be a nice fitting. So you mean like credit, credits, credits music. more? Credits, yeah, credits. Yeah. Again, last song you hear in the game. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that next year. That sounds like a good idea. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll follow up with title screens with credit music. Yeah, we'll do that. But very good episode. Very strong episode with a lot of great music. So I had a ton of fun. It was a good episode. I had fun. Good stuff. Good stuff. But unfortunately, I think that's going to bring us to the close. Unless you have anything else you want to mention before we get on out of here. 
just thank you for joining us on this fantastic voyage sounds good we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of bg media made possible by leveldowngames.com don't forget to submit tracks ideas and requests for future episodes to bg mania at leveldowngames.com regardless of the podcast service you're listening through be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review especially if you're listening through apple podcasts We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash level down games and subscribe to us there. And while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv slash level down games. Click that follow button and check out Bruce's stream. Kyle, our other cohort here at level down games, twitch.tv slash Bruce underscore deduce. The links can be found in the description of the show and stalking us on social media is also person personally. No, no, it's not personally. It's perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook will be the place to do so. Again, everything can be found in the description of the show. Speaking of the foreshadowing that we did earlier, next week's episode, we will be taking a look at music done by Data East. No. Is that like you getting sucked into a black hole or something? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Data East, while they may not have some fantastic games, they do have fantastic soundtracks. So we'll uh, we'll be picking music from games published and or developed by Data East, and we'll come up with a list of 16, make a good episode out of it and have a ton of fun. Taking us out of this episode once again, we have opening from Kid Icarus Uprising, composed by Matoi Sakuraba. Keep the music playing and keep it loud. <laughs>